Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is back. Monday edition is here as we broadcast live in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Over the next several hours, three hours, we're going to discuss Super Bowl 56. It's set. In Los Angeles, the Rams take on the Cincinnati Bengals after the Bengals knock off uh, the Kansas City Chiefs trailing from 18. They come back to win that game. And the Rams get a drive late and win by a field goal over the San Francisco 49ers. Five of the final six games leading up to the Super Bowl have been decided by three points. Two of those games went to overtime. And for the first time from both conferences, we're seeing a four seed against a four seed. The top three seeds are not represented in the NFC or the AFC. Guys, good afternoon. A lot to get to. You know, as the first half was going on between Kansas City and Cincinnati, kept thinking to myself, maybe I should tweet something out about the dominance of KC and how the eventually was going to end for Cincinnati. And we all saw this coming, but there was something in the back of my mind that kept saying, Joe Burrow is going to pull something out. Something is going to happen to where this is a game late. And I was still shocked when it actually happened. And it all started with a horrific play call at the end of the first half. I knew something was up. When they didn't score any points at 21 to 10 in that moment, I'm thinking they just opened the door for Cincinnati to do something. I also don't blame Andy Reid for trying to score a touchdown in that moment. You just got to throw it quickly into the end zone with something. I mean, he still could have thrown an incompletion and kicked a field goal in that moment if it's quick. But that play and that option on that play to throw to Tyreek Hill not in the end zone, it was dumb. It's a bad call. Look, the Rams did a great job, and they beat a very good team. Um, but they they were a popular pick for a reason. They are hosting that game for a reason. Cincinnati, to me, is the team with uh, more mojo and with the bigger – that's a bigger accomplishment to go to Arrowhead – to, to beat the team with the quarterback, um, to come back from 18 down, um, and to, to uh, I mean, they obviously did a lot of good things on offense, but really they discombobulated Patrick Mahomes in the second half of that game, which is a hard thing to do the way he's been playing. We'll get deeper into it. I feel like Kansas City now is officially underachieved in, in four years. They had a chance in a four years there hosting four AFC championship games to be a dynasty team, and they have not been a dynasty team. They got two Super Bowl appearances and only one Super Bowl championship out of it, and that's not a big enough return off of how good Patrick Mahomes has been and off of 
the advantageous positions that they've been in. And Cincinnati feels just like a meant-to-be team. And I know they're dogs again. They're a road team again, technically, even though they're the home team, which is a, a weird thing. Um, but, I mean, that team's got something. Do you, do you think that their window is shut for Kansas City? No, but I think... You act like this is a four-year window. It's over now, and they're not no, going to be no, ready. But you look at that, you look at that four-year period of time. Four years is a long period of time, and they haven't done as much as they should have done in that four-year period of time. Now, the period of time could extend, but they're not getting those four years back. And, and if they had gone to this Super Bowl three in a row and won two out of three, that's, that's a mini dynasty in its own right. Look, I, I think that they're going to win another Super Bowl at some point with Mahomes there. Uh, I would agree that it's disappointing in four years that this is what they have to show for it. I'll also say that Patrick Mahomes, for all of his brilliance, and that first half was brilliant at times, and we saw the greatness of Mahomes with the improvisation. Mahomes' problem, whenever he has a problem, to me is he gets lulled into this thinking that he can do that on every play. Yeah. And there is way too much draw up a play in the sand with them. I, I, I'll be the first to praise it when it works out with that sixth sense he has with Kelsey and Hill where they can just make plays when he starts to scramble. But I'm watching that second half and I'm thinking, are, there, are they running plays? It's him getting the snap and immediately doing a spin move or looking around to try to improvise and do something different. We saw this with Aaron Rodgers a couple of years ago when they struggled at times where I don't know if it's a lack of faith in the protection, which I don't think it's that with him, or just this, this, this uncanny ability to ditch whatever is there and try to make something bigger on your own right away. That's what killed them in the second half was Mahomes. Mahomes is bad and they, in that second half. And, and at times, I don't know that it's his teammates as much as it didn't look like they had a plan when the ball was snapped. It was get it, look one way, and then I'm going to quickly start to run around and try to make something happen with, with, on a scramble, and it just didn't work. And Cincinnati spied him great in the second half, Hut. In uh, some of the best spying of him, I can I can remember. Well, it they, was changed, very they changed they changed their plan yeah. in their second half. They, they they dropped eight defenders or more in the second half, and they did that um, on a percentage that was the highest that they've done all season as a defense. Um, and when you compare it to the first half, second half, they did it far more over the final two quarters than what they had done. Through the first two. Um, and, and flip side, Steve Spagnolo continues to be way too aggressive at inopportune times. I don't know why he was blitzing on some of these plays when they had the lead. They're up 21 to 10. They're up 18 at one point. And uh, they're still sending the extra man because he just can't help himself with that Kansas City defense. And that leaves at least one of the Cincinnati weapons one-on-one -on -one, or if they're going with the handoff and they didn't run the ball well, but on a couple of the, the bigger carries uh, yesterday for Cincinnati, it was on a blitz where Cincinnati was able to get past the, the first line of protection and they got to the second and third level. I, I, I thought the, the aggressive mentality of Spagnolo really hurt them in, in areas throughout this season. And it, it hurt them at points yesterday that allowed them to get back in it. But ultimately, this comes down to Mahomes, and it, it's a similar script to why the Titans lost to Cincinnati. The turnovers. If you would have told me that Cincinnati was only going to score one time out of four trips in the red zone, there's no way they win that game. And they did because they didn't turn it over in the most crucial parts of that game, and they got points off turnovers. Meanwhile, 
Uh, Kansas City got one pick from Burrow, uh, and that was it. It was early in the game. And you look up at the scoreboard, you think, okay, they, they can't give it away again. And they didn't. And the Bengals' defense was opportunistic. They had that first pick, uh, B.J. Hill, with the tip pass on the screen that set them up. They go down five plays later, get a touchdown. In overtime, the interception. Burrow leads them down. They kick the game-winning field Should goal. Should have been a pick six on the first play yeah. of that overtime. And, yeah. and there were other times where I thought Mahomes threw it right to someone else. That first play of overtime is one of them. There was at least one other time where he threw it in harm's way. The, the pick that Burrow threw was really the only time I can remember him even putting it in danger in that game, which is incredible when you think about this is the second-year quarterback that's going up into these playoff games on the road and not turning it over where the veteran guys, and Mahomes is a veteran compared to Burrow, sure. I mean, turnover problems. Tannehill the week before. I think most of America thought, I sure did, damn, they win the coin toss, he's going to turn back into Mahomes, and we're going to be talking about it again, how the coin toss determined everything. We saw Josh Allen tweet yeah. pain. Um, but he didn't come out of his funk. Cincinnati remained difficult defensively, and two out of the three was a third down way through the pick. First down was a terrible throw. I don't remember what they did on second down. I think it might have been a short throw that, that didn't gain it much. Third down was the tipped ball that turned into a pick, and you knew right there. I mean, they only needed 20 yards. It's very similar to the Titans the week before. The Bengals only needed 20 yards to get McPherson into uh, a reasonable field goal, and then they got him double that for a gimme. Um, and game over. That that pick felt like game over the moment they got it, and Cincinnati, sure enough, went and did what it needed to do. The other crucial part of this that will not be talked about is how patient Cincinnati stayed offensively. Terrific. Um, because they, they trailed early, and they just stuck with their plan. They, they were running it, and were not having success, but in their mind, they had to because it's all about building up time of possession and extending drives. And when you start to look between the numbers of what they did on the run game, they were in 70, uh, 17 times for 62 yards on first down. I mean, that's not much success. That's not great. But they continued to give mix in the football. 12 of those 17 carries gained three yards or less. But it got the clock rolling. And then Burrow and the pass game came alive in the second half. They got turnovers. They were able to possess the football and, and go down and score. And the touchdown I, to Perrine is kind of a run play, right? The 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 screen. And that was on a blitz. And Yeah, right. And that play was a backbreaker uh, relatively late in the first half and a, a huge gainer for a touchdown that, that really felt like the beginning of the change. And they, they on top of the run game, they won the game and Jamar Chase had 54 yards. Yeah, Higgins was good, got, what, 108? They knew how to go to a secondary guy and lose their tight end also. Yeah, Uzama goes early. down early. It's carted well, the off the first field. series, right? Yeah. No panic in them. None. Calm, steady, like you're saying, patient. I mean, they've got the, the uh, you know, it's not moxie. They've got moxie, but calm and uh, the, the patience isn't a sign of moxie. The patience is a sign of kind of maturity and confidence and they, they are not lacking in any of those departments they may lose to the rams but i don't think they'll lose to the rams out of any sort of panic they they're not gonna kill themselves i i don't feel like they're gonna get to a point they haven't done it through three games they play very smart sensible confident football if they lose it's not gonna be to me because they botch it kansas city got inside the cincinnati five yard line two times 
in this game and came away with three points. That play before the half was so stupid. The he's running a route where he's facing sideways and backwards. Uh, Hill. It just makes no sense to be that off balance and off kilter. I mean, everybody knows you have to run a specific type of play given the timing of that situation. And they ran the opposite. <laughs> like, let's make this as difficult on ourselves as humanly possible. They did it. Well, but but some of it is the spot tackling. I mean, that, that's what oh, kills you tackling. when you face Tyreek Hill. And they Hill dropped and... an extra guy into the flat <laughs> on that play. That was a that really was a great good play by Eli Apple. Call. I mean, he just uh, the, the way he was able to latch on which most people can against Tyreek Hill and get him to the ground was impressive. help showed up quick. Not impressive was Patrick Mahomes trying to call timeout he didn't have after that, which I I don't know if he's going to that thinking, oh, I can do this because we can call timeout with a couple seconds left or a second left, or he just freaked out when he saw him getting tackled in play and was doing the first thing he thought to do, which was find an official and call timeout. But that was a bad look. Four. So since he dropped eight or more defenders 24% of the time in the first half, and 45% of the time in the second half and overtime. Great adjustment. That was the adjustment that that really helped them. Their offensive line is not good. Burrow continues to be under duress. You know, he's he's being sacked. But But only sacked once. Right. I mean, the pressure. pressure, He's being being pressured. But uh, Burrow was able to elude several plays throughout that game that led to points or extended drives. Uh, Very well done. And, And since he was able to get some pressure on Mahomes at times. Yeah, it, and, looked at, and, it looked like Mahomes was at least feeling the pressure. And they covered well because a couple times where he skipped around, there was one time, is it Wilson that was spying in the second half? You know, he skipped around and, you know, he had a lot of time and the coverage was very good. And then Wilson came, you know, darting up the middle and, and finally came and got him. But usually when he skips around like that, somebody's going to uncover. And a couple times the coverage lasted, which was impressive. They played, uh, uh, you know, that good combination um, if if the rush didn't get there the couple times that he had time to skip around, the coverage lasted, which is really doing something. There is something, Chad, to this Bengals team for the last, not the wild card weekend, you know, going into that against the Raiders, the Bengals are the home team. You're thinking, okay, they, they, they should win. Uh, both teams coming in as the, the hot team, but again, divisional champs. But the last two weeks, you know, going back to the game here in, in Nashville and then yesterday, you see the final score, but you still ask yourself, okay, what what just happened? What did I just watch? How did Cincinnati pull this off? Because you're going through everything and all the scenarios, and it's like you know hitting a jackpot. It's very rare to see Mahomes play the way he did in the second half compared to what he did in the first half. The, like the quarterback ratings, there's so many ways to chart this, where it's got like a like a 94 QBR in the first half and like a 1.3 in the second half just a complete drop-off and and failure of that offense to not move the football. Well, and not just the for the entire game or a second-half collapse, but these individual plays where I'm thinking, what just happened? B.J. Hill's interception was terrific on Mahomes. It's 21-13 at that point. I still felt like it was early enough in the second half where Mahomes will figure it out. They're going to go down and score a touchdown and still win this thing going away. Even at 21-13, to 13, even giving up, that was a, 10, uh, a 10-0 run at that point for Cincinnati. And then the first or second play of that drive is the defensive tackle getting an interception on a very athletic play, eerily similar to the week before with Ryan Tannehill, getting read perfectly on the screen pass and batting the ball up to himself on an interception. 
that was a what in the world just happened right after a big play moment where it looked like the Titans were going to go score and do something. Uh, there is something going on with this Cincinnati team that we can sit down here and, and we could break down blitz percentage and what guys are doing individually and everything else. But Hutton, I think you're right that there is a WTF factor in each of these games with Cincinnati that you're left sitting there thinking, what in the world did we just witness? And how are the Cincinnati Bengals still alive and playing for a Super Bowl? It's remarkable. You know, one thing that just hit me right now, and I'll say this, uh, you could compare it to the Titans who had it the other way. The Titans who beat the Colts twice in their division and then played, they lost one to Houston, which was unforgivable. But, but Houston and Jacksonville, bad teams. And Cincinnati comes out of that division. I, I know it wasn't traditional, but Cleveland, a good team that, that dealt with being beat up and COVID and all of that. Baltimore injured and struggled, but always a tough out. Pittsburgh, you know, scratched and clawed its way into the playoffs. That is a hard division to win with a dogfight every single game. Four good teams, and we talked about it numerous times. We came in, you know, week 10, week 11, week 12, where the difference between first place and last place was a game. And I think, you know, something to be gained by struggling your way through that division. Winning that division gets you ready for something. I'm going to put that in a basket of things that helped Cincinnati this year as compared to a team like I'll throw out the, 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 the Titans or the Cowboys who didn't have to really struggle to win their divisions this year because competition was weak. Coming up, we'll, we'll continue to dissect uh, the Bengals' uh, victory over the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs' first half drives to start the game. Three drives, three touchdowns, 226 yards, averaging nearly nine yards per play. I mean, the boat race was on. Then turn off the faucet. And then there's this glaze over the, you know, the, the look of everybody on that sideline when they didn't score going into halftime. And then they came out in the second half, and Cincinnati's defense started to get it stops. They got turnovers uh, and turned those into points. We'll, we'll continue to discuss that. Discuss Patrick Mahomes and how the first half of the season, there were signs of the play that we saw from him yesterday in the second half. We'll try to combine and figure out exactly what happened and if the things correlate. And when we come back, we'll discuss the Rams, who are all in. The chips are in the middle of the table, and they can cash out as Super Bowl champions in two weeks with the victory of the Bengals in Los Angeles. They knock off San Francisco yesterday for the first time in seven tries. We continue to discuss the NFC Championship. Take your comments as well. You can chime in on Twitter, at OutKick360, and join the chat in the YouTube channel. If you're listening across Tennessee, Alabama, Missouri, we say hello to you. And more NFL and football discussion headed your way on OutKick360. Both winners yesterday trailed by double digits and came back to win. Bengals and Rams will play for Super Bowl 56. OutKick 360 rolls on across the OutKick network from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. The Rams advance over the 49ers where they took a 17-7 lead. The 49ers did. Rams came back. Cooper Cup, a big reason why. Matthew Stafford with some big-time throws. The 49ers dropping interceptions. And then the pressure got to Jimmy G and Matthew Stafford and the team that went all in and all the offseason moves, trade deadline, free agency. They're now headed to play for the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Can I show you how impressed I am with the Rams? 
how the Rams were able to do multiple things this weekend. Look what the Rams were able to do this weekend. They won a game and sent me a birthday greeting. <laughs> wow. Now, I don't know how the Rams knew it was my birthday on Saturday, but the day before their NFC title appearance, for those of you who are just listening, were showing a graphic of the email they sent me. And I share the same birthday as some scrub. I can't see it from here, but uh, they didn't. Uh, it's not Eric Dickerson's birthday, I'll tell you that. I just thought that was impressive. That's uh, it's impressive. That's multitasking. Rams were good. And look, the 49ers are a good franchise that just d- doesn't have the same level of talent at the most important spot, for one thing. I mean, they were really the broadcast, and I think deservingly so, glorifying Stafford. And look, that's what they went out and did. They upgraded the quarterback spot for that moment, and they got enough of a return for that moment. Can he do it one more time? If he does it one more time, we've talked about this a lot. Their strategy will have, which is an uncommon strategy in the NFL, they don't have a first round draft pick till 2024. This is not how teams are built in the NFL, but maybe it's going to be how teams are built if they go and win a Super Bowl having done so. And he made the plays they needed made. Garoppolo, look, in that last drive, I mean, the last play, the guy was there. He's got to make a better. They went right off his hands. He should have caught it. The play before that is the one that drives me crazy, where you throw to Juwan Jennings two yards behind the line of scrimmage, where the clock is is partially a factor and everything. That that ball is better off dropped or thrown away. Just throw that one away. That play had no chance. That's when we just throw it over his head. Yeah. Or throw it into it to his feet. So. The game actually, just watching this out, it was playing in right into the hands of San Francisco. I mean, it was that game was played at the 49ers style of play. Yep. And ultimately, the quarterback play won the game because Stafford stepped up and made some great throws. Cooper Cup's on the receiving end of all this, and we'll, we'll get to him in a moment Jeez. because he should not be overshadowed at all. But that that huge pass to Cup that set up the field goal. Um, where I mean, he was threading a needle on that throw, on that slant. And it's throws like that that Garoppolo's just not making on a consistent basis, right? It, everything looks like uh, not a struggle, but it's just more difficult than what we saw with, with Stafford. And the other thing that Stafford will do is actually throw the football away from time to time. Garoppolo refuses to do that. Like He's rolling out. It was at the third quarter, early fourth quarter. He's rolling out on that bootleg and fires it, and Jalen Ramsey should have picked that pass off down the sideline and ends up... Is that the one where he's on his stomach yeah. at the sideline? Yeah. yeah. And, he just, and I don't know why he's throwing that football. He just he refuses to throw the football away. He doesn't, and if we're, he we're doesn't talking see about, that guy. He sees a guy further down the sideline. I just don't know how you don't see that If guy. we're talking about should-be interceptions, Matthew Stafford... Oh, the Tart. Yeah, Hand-delivered one to Tart that was terrible. That, that is as bad that a drop. drop. He had two chances at it. He didn't just drop it immediately. He started <laughs> to drop it. Tipped it to himself and then dropped the tip also. Well, I mean, that's like playing a game of catch. They dropped that. So the 49ers in the Super Bowl, if Jaquarski Tart makes that, makes that pick, it's 17-14, and the very next play is a huge first down throw and catch to Odell Beckham Jr., and then that sets up the throw to Cooper Cup that gets them in field goal. Right? What a redemption game for Odell. You know, my prop was that Cup would be the top receiver of the weekend. His competition for that, was Beckham. 
They they were going back and forth a little while in that game before Cup pulled away at the at the end, but um, he ended I think with 139 yards. It, it was also a redemption game for Sean McVay, but he did nothing to help his team win in that game. Six straight losses to Kyle Shanahan. He was asked that week, "Is Kyle Shanahan in your head?" And he said, "No." One word to it. There was a moment where I thought Kyle Shanahan is about to prove he's in Sean McVay's head. He failed again on a bad challenge, uh, and it, it led to a fourth and two, right? And, and then the 49ers, well, they sent, they were going to punt. There was a challenge, and then he sent the, uh, he offense sent his off. offense back. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. If Shanahan was given time because of a bad challenge by McVay, come up and he's him. got a play to get a first down and go down and score, and they win. He is proving that he is in Sean McVay's head. Instead, they just try to draw he him off sides. should have gone for it there. I thought so, too. Try to because draw him off sides. Because they get it there. They eat clock. That's, that's what led the to the, the I think, the field goal that made it, that tied it. Well, the interception chance yeah. from Tart and then, came then, right then that was a tying that. field goal. But that was a big moment in the game. But, but I saw, you know, one time you could see it perfectly on the Fox broadcast where McVay is saying, that's my bad on a third down call that was for nothing. It was a four-yard loss to Cam Akers on a swing pass, and he's immediately taking accountability and saying, my bad, on that call as, as Stafford's leaving the field. Bad challenges. Um, I mean, I look at what Kyle Shanahan does with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback and really one big-time weapon. Debo Samuel is terrific. And his tears post-game and how much uh, he cares about that shows that that's the type of guy you want that was from a watch. competitive standpoint. Um, but he's doing that with real... I mean, Kittle also, but he's got Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the football. I, I, I think that if I'm going, if we're going back to that exercise of who are you taking, I'm st- I still come away from that game very impressed with Kyle Shanahan and some of the things that they do. But to the victor goes the spoils. Enormous for the Rams, for the experiment of what they're doing, trading away all the draft picks for Matthew Stafford, everything. Stafford came through big in the clutch back-to-back games. And that's exactly why you bring that guy in. Everything you'd say about him in Detroit hasn't been in the big game enough, hasn't proven he can win when the spotlight is bright. All that stuff has been put to bed the past two weeks. You can really put it to bed two weeks from now with that home game they're going to be playing. And speaking of home games, As they wait, team. I found the atmosphere there to be way better than the atmosphere at Arrowhead. Just as a, an observer watching on television, when you split the state, it was probably 55, 45, 60, 40. It's what a Super maybe Bowl 49ers. should feel like, but it doesn't because it's corporate. It was great. And I think the Fox showing that fan cam, you know, the slow motion, you see it a lot in soccer matches, yeah. I know. It's the slow motion fan shots was a nice touch. But I really thought that added to it. You know what a slow motion fan shot does? It takes away the aisles. They were doing this at Arrowhead. They come across it in a certain way that it doesn't look like there are aisles. It looks like it's wall There's no to separation. wall people. Yeah. And you don't see the separation. You're like, that's weird because I've been there and I know there are aisles. <laughs> I know for fire safety there are aisles. Here's the one thing about uh, Garoppolo that I'll say. And I know it sounds like an excuse after the fact and all of that. But look, it's at play. Michael Silver, who's tied into the 49ers pretty well, talked to Garoppolo after, who said, you know, I can say now that the thumb was an issue on every single throw for the last however many weeks since the thumb was about to have surgery. Yeah. So that certainly, you know, for all of the Garoppolo criticism that there will be, he did a damn good job 
playing his role to get the team where he got the team very nearly to the Super Bowl with a, not a bad wing overall. You know, the shoulder was a factor too, but the thumb. Would have been nice to have seen that team normal. And that's going to be one of the most fascinating stories of the offseason, right? Because we all presume he's going somewhere and a team that was a game from the Super Bowl is going to be bold and turn things over kind of the way the Rams just did, though I don't think anybody had any doubts about moving away from Goff. I'd have more doubts about moving away from Garoppolo because of his one-loss record. Do we really believe that the meeting in Cabo was just no, happenstance? No, there's no way it could. What are they the were odds you wind the, up in the yeah, same place? They were already working things and out. How is it not and tampering? It was a, it was a pre, that's why they're saying it right. was yeah. random chance. It was a prearranged date, a double date. With McVeigh and his girlfriend, oh, so a and friend the in common says, "Hey, and he's going to be in Cabo." Yeah, we're going to make hey, this move. Let me, let me meet Cabo. with him. Also, yeah, yeah you I, should be in Cabo. I just the the stories of that, you know, just randomly they were well, vacationing at an all inclusive resort together yes, in Cabo, and all of a sudden they, they were drinking the margaritas. <laughs> it's funny, such nonsense. But how about the the timing of it all? Yesterday, so January thirtieth of last year is when the trade went down. Date exact and date. To the day, Stafford is taking the Rams to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's exactly why you trade for him. Goff's not doing that. Pretty remarkable. Goff was never going to do that. And and Goff, and this is where, going back to what I said about uh, Kyle Shanahan, also have to give McVay props in that he had Jared Goff and got to a Super Bowl. Also, much like Shanahan, he had Garoppolo get him to a Super Bowl, and to an NFC Championship game. I do know there's an outside chance Both that something great. similar could happen, but I think there's a little bit too much in the Twitterverse. Like, just go do what the Rams did. Like there's a Matthew Stafford out there to be had, and like their team's willing to take on a Goff. I really think it's a one-off. I mean, the Rams pulled off something spectacular with a trade partner that was pretty dumb in, in their willingness there's to no take on There's no such thing as a one-off Goff. in sports. There is no such thing. I think if this it's is happened pretty once, close. it can happen again. I think this is pretty close. If it's happened once, it can happen again. If a team, Matthew Stafford hey, went to the Lions. it worked for Detroit, I want gone. But again, Matthew Stafford, the, the difference is the, the, the Lions just weren't winning. But Matthew Stafford went to the Lions and said, hey, it's been 11 years. Can you please get rid of me? Because I'm tired of losing. So who's a similar And they said, okay, we'll, we'll get rid of you. Aaron Rodgers may come to Green Bay and say, I'm still unhappy here. So it, then it's up to Green Bay to say, hey, I know we talked about this in the preseason that we'd let you go, but tough. Joke's on you. No, you must stay at Lambeau go. and play for this they team. They may let him go, but I think having seen what Detroit did, they're less likely to take a golf-like return. That's a huge return. But Detro- two future first-round picks and a second-round pick. Yeah. No, well, I want the picks. I don't want that quarterback. Well, did you watch the Lions at all this year? They were extremely better than where they were a year yeah, ago. Yeah, and, and it's all about yeah, a meeting. That was with, with Stafford. a new coach and with energy and stuff. It's but also, they also but, almost benched him for Blau, right? Golf is a means to an end for Detroit, though. Uh, it's not the end. They, they got golf so they could have a functional quarterback arm while they suck for a couple of years, and they get all these draft picks, and they build a, a good team. Same would go for Seattle, for Green Bay, if they were to take Ryan Tannehill, if we're playing this hypothetical out, um, that's a guy who's capable 
Paul, who, you're can, also, who can maybe get you into the playoffs? You also don't have year, to take a quarterback then, in return. Yeah, it's not, that's what I'm saying. Don't take a quarterback. Well, in you're return. saying, oh yeah, Play we want the Jared Goff deal. You don't have to take the Jared Goff in the return. Well, that, that's what I'm. That's why I'm saying it would be different. Take no quarterback in return. Play some average rookie. Get roughly the same results. Store up your cap money and spend it in a in a different way. Use your resources in a different way instead of taking it's, a good. It's unlikely, hit Paul. On golf. I I agree with that. It's highly unlikely to pull it off again for a second straight year. But I also don't believe in one-offs. I do believe that if it's been done, there's been a precedent set. There's someone else that will do it. My that big- being said, I don't know that the Titans could pull this off with someone, but it is possible, and you better be looking into that possibility if you're the Titans. My big point is saluting the Rams for, for having got it done while tampering in Cabo and, and finding a way to upgrade on what was a Super Bowl team. And, and this may work out for back. both, though. The Lions were never going to compete for the playoffs or a Super Bowl this year. So this could be the actual trade that works out for both sides. They could have golf for one more year. They could get all these draft picks and have the foundation set for a team that goes to the playoffs for five straight years, which is unprecedented since Barry Sanders was playing for Detroit to right. have happened. Yeah, you're right. And then we could both be looking back seven years from now and saying, boy, that really worked out. The Rams got themselves a Super Bowl. In Matthew Stafford. And now look at the Lions, who are a perennial playoff team with all of those picks they brought in. The, the other thing that I wonder if it catches on, not necessarily the trade, like the, the, the quarterback for quarterback, but the mentality. There are several well, teams across the NFL, uh, but not from the all-in. I'm just talking about from the quarterback position. Several teams across the NFL that are good, not great, at their quarterback position. They've had success, but the question is, how much more success can they right. stack on? Goff got and, and helped McVay get to a Super Bowl. It was a very specific way that they were throwing the football. They were tailoring that to what Goff did best, and they were very efficient in that short passing game during that season. But McVay, after not making the postseason again, or not making the playoffs again in a, in a run, looked back at it and said, you know what, this isn't good enough. We need Stafford to get us over the top. And so they 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 made the move. Um, let's look at it from uh, the 49ers' perspective. They've got a quarterback that has played in a Super Bowl. They were up by 10 in the fourth quarter two years ago with a chance to win a championship. They're up by 10 yesterday with a chance to go back to the title. And by all accounts, they're they're done with him, and they were done with him a year ago. They made that decision. Yeah. You have to be willing to – it's very bold to change from somebody that's done pretty well, you know, almost well, won a Super Bowl, almost got you back to the Super Bowl, but you're willing to change. Right. And the other thing you have to be willing to change in some of these cases, in their, cha- in their case, it'll change their spreadsheet for the better. In some cases, though, you're talking about changing your spreadsheet for the worse. And I think most of us would agree, like, you just have to take the quarterback cost for all it is – Yes. No matter what. I mean, there are two directions to go, right? The ideal direction is to get the rookie quarterback who costs you nothing for four years Paul, you've also and take long... advantage of that window. But for the other side, if Stafford's your solution and he costs a ton, you take that cap hit and you work around Paul, it. Paul, you've also long argued that quarterback win-loss records aren't a thing. That the, you, the quarterback isn't the only say in wins and losses. Let me take that a step further with Garoppolo. People want to point to his win-loss record, which is fine. It's good when he plays. If I'm a GM or an owner, I'm pointing to the record when he's employed as the number one quarterback. Yeah. Because those that bad record when he's out, 
People use that as a sign, well, look how good Garoppolo is because look how bad they are when he's not playing. That's all on him. If you are a starting quarterback and you're not eligible, not available to play, that record falls on you. If I'm the owner of the team, that's the way I look at it. It's all on the starting quarterback. Either you could play and you won the game or you couldn't play and the backup couldn't get it done. Well, that's still on you because availability matters. Not the player's fault all the time. When you get hurt, those things happen. I understand that. But that all goes on your rap sheet as a player. Well, that's that's your overall record. Certainly that's one of the things that makes him less than as desirable as he would be if he was there all the time. And if he was there all the time posting that same winning percentage, the team was posting that same winning percentage with him being there all the time, they may not have felt as handcuffed and as desperate to move up. Look, if he was there all the time and they didn't move up in that draft, they could have drafted a great offensive lineman and another great receiver with the first and second round picks that they gave up, and they might have won that game with the extra talent that they had, set themselves up for life beyond Trent Williams and and whatever. Uh, I don't think it's a singular stat, Chad, quarterback wins and losses, but I think when it's as disparate as we're talking about, they're that good with them and they're that bad without them, it certainly signals something. What I'm saying is that factors into San Francisco's decision to move forward with someone else. Because you're not dependent. It's, it's not that, well, we're so much better when he's there. It's like, no, he hasn't been here for this long, too. And it kills and us we, when he's these not. losses count on our season well, when as, he's not available to play. As much about the injuries, I think, is also about what you can and can't do with him. You can win with Jimmy Garoppolo. The question is, at what rate? It's a lot of work. The Rams were winning with Jared Goff. I mean, they moved up and traded with the Titans to go get him. And then McVay inherited that, that player. And then they won. They went to a Super Bowl. And you're thinking, okay, this this is a team that knows how to work around the quarterback and get the most out of him. But McVay looked in the mirror and said, well, if I can upgrade based on what he's available to do and what I know we're capable of with the talent around us, we need the guy that fits everything else. Yep. And so they went out and addressed that. And Stafford can make every throw. Goff can't. And, and that was the upgrade. I, I think far too often... There is a mentality that, well, what we have is good. We just need to take the next step up. Instead of, instead of realizing that you're not going to continue to climb the staircase with the guy you have. And that's what McVay has acknowledged. And guess what? That's what the, court, the, the, the coaches who are connected to him or have coached with him in the past all acknowledge. Shanahan's doing it too. He's just doing it with Garoppolo. He's not doing it with Goff. It's the same type of mentality. You're right. The Garoppolo's made it hard on them somewhat. Well, again, Goff won games Which is too, a testament. right? Uh, he wasn't. He was just good. He wasn't great, and that's that's how I would describe Garoppolo. I mean, they won a playoff game last year with right. Jared Goff. Yeah, but in at the way the league's going too, because there's so many good quarterbacks, up and coming good quarterbacks. I think they're also putting it in the context of that. Well, think about I could it. win with Garoppolo, but it's going to be really hard. Yeah, especially considering. Think, think about it from I'm this perspective face. quickly. Jared Goff has won one more playoff game than Ryan Tannehill in the last two years, and one of those years came with the Lions. Jared Goff. Yeah. you got to factor that in. Oh, that hurts. Coming up, uh, you know, Chiefs fans are hurting, but there's a TV station in Kansas City that was oh, gosh. willing to uh, give them their bottle and, and burp oh, them my gosh. The I mean, they all came so much. Oh, wait, wait until you see a response immediately after Kansas City's loss where they led by 18, and then the Bengals came back to win, and the apologetic TV station on behalf of the organization. That's, that's next on Outkick 360. We are recapping 
championship weekend, Bengals and Rams to the Super Bowl. So yesterday, I saw this come across Twitter. I said, we, we have to bring this up on, on OutKick. Um, KMBC, which is one of the local TV stations in Kansas City, immediately after the loss, where the Bengals take them down in overtime, tweet out this. Against all odds, in all caps, we were never supposed to be here. We were never meant to make it this far. But against all odds, we did. What a season. Thank you for the incredible ride. We will always be hashtag Chiefs Kingdom. And they have a picture of Mahomes throwing the football. And look, Mahomes is going to end up being an all-time great. Uh, that we know. I mean, he's what's crazy about Mahomes is this random stat, or it's not even a stat, just a figure. Darren Ravel put this out. By the time uh, Mahomes is 35 years old, which is like the 2025 or 26 season, he will have already surpassed career earnings uh, where he would be making more throughout his entire career than Tom Brady. And he's a part of another headline we'll get to later. But we absolutely expected the Chiefs to be where they were. They were the preseason Super Bowl favorite. In fact, we expected them to turn it on in the second half more than they did the first half. And the reason why, I mean, think about what the, where the, the, in 2019, the Titans led 17-7 and Mahomes then caught fire with that offense and started turning it on where they end up blowing them, blowing out Tennessee in the AFC championship game. We've seen what we saw in the second half from Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense. We've really not seen before where if you start looking at pass attempts and, and the numbers that they put up, uh, the inaccuracy, the incompletions, the turnovers. We just don't see that from Kansas City. And for whatever reason, <laughs> you've got a local affiliate that feels the need to you know, apologize or take up for the organization that collapsed when the going got tough yesterday against Cincinnati. Why do media outlets feel it is their place to try to assuage fans who are upset after a sporting event? Why is it not their place to report on it or give an opinion on it, but somehow we're in this weird twilight zone where media outlets feel like it's their place to make you feel better about it? Hey, don't worry about it because we weren't supposed to be here. That's a lie. Well, not even feel it's better. A it's flat a flat-out lie. It, there is this need to be a part of the good PR spin on things, right? Like, how do we make our team look better? But not why, even the why? Chiefs are putting things out like no. that. It's it's so far over the top even. It's crazy. But you're right, Hutton. There's this need to let's get on message with the team. <laughs> right. right. Let's, all, let's all put our heads together here together and make our constituents feel as good as possible about this awful loss as they were up 21-3 to in an AFC Championship game with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. It's our job now to make everyone feel good. It's, it's, I mean, it's one thing if you say, you know, our guys fought hard and came up short and, yeah. you know, tune in for coverage of how uh, the bad we feel. Yeah, but to say nobody expected it is just a... It's, it's dumb. It's tone deaf. It's probably not a sports person putting that out. Or if it is, it's uh, it's worse. But I mean, the, <laughs> the, the reaction to it on Twitter was unbelievable. They just got hammered. How about I saw this tweet yesterday. The Bengals have won as many playoff games this month as the Dallas Cowboys have won the past 25 oh. years. <laughs> now, that's how you go at a team. That's good. I do like this. Now, that's one thing that I actually enjoy yeah. are the team's willingness to go after other teams. 
uh, on social media accounts. That's fun. I like it when that happens. That was something that wasn't happening three years ago even. Coming up, we get to hand measurements. Seriously, we're back in that season. We'll, we'll explain and how ridiculous it is, and we'll tie it into Joe Burrow. And when we kick off hour number two, we get to the other big headline of the weekend, which came across on Saturday, that Tom Brady's retiring, except there's no confirmation of this, at least yet. We'll discuss the story in the headline that Brady's retiring, which is massive. And then we'll react to the under uh, the beneath the surface, right? Yeah, the undercurrent, which is, is he really retiring? Because <laughs> there's mixed signals here. And if Schefter's wrong on this, what a terrible season. <laughs> GTFO. For His the contract's up. He's getting big dollars.